What's going on? Every buddy, you've got the card board coaches here with your boy, Coach Co. And team, we've got a very special guest on the podcast today. I am super excited to introduce Mr. Ken Reed. How's it going, Ken? Good, Coach Co. You should be like a doctor of mustaches or something, brother. I love that duster. It's awesome. Yeah. Raleigh Fingers approved. I appreciate it, man. The uh, Especially because I go to so many, obviously, like sports-related things. I get like rolly yeah. fingers. I was at the Jays game on Friday. I must have gotten like rolly fingers and Lanny McDonald. Like, man. Oh, yeah. Six, six but it's a great times. conversation starter, right? Yeah, yeah. I usually yeah, wear yeah. loud clothes because it breaks the ice, starts conversations. Jays could have used rolly fingers out of the pen today. The latest debacle I was No at. kidding. Man, it's uh, it's been yeah. rough. It's been rough watching the last. Uh, they just can't play against the AL East for whatever reason. No, one win in the last seven, and the heart of the order can't hit. So that's not going to do it for you. Problems everywhere. Ken, I love that we can Problems talk. Problems everywhere. I love that we can talk sports and sports cards. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, mm-hmm. Ken Reed is, in fact, into sports cards, and we're going to dive into that. But I, I want to, first and foremost, if the odd chance that someone doesn't know who you are, Ken, do you want to introduce that's, yourself uh, as yeah. as as... What your, not even just sports cards, but what are you in, yeah. in the sports space? I don't think it's that odd that somebody might not know who I am. I but don't know. For people who don't know who I am, I'm the guy that sits beside Ivanka Osmak on Sportsnet Central. So I uh, I read, uh, I host the highlight show with Ivanka, Sportsnet Central here in Canada, based out of Toronto. And uh, basically on after every Blue Jays game, after every NHL game that, that takes place on weeknights. And I uh, dabble in a little bit of book writing, too. I've got six books out there, the seventh on the way this fall, two of them about hockey cards. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I guess I'm, that, that's who I am, writer, author, broadcaster, bon vivant, renaissance man. I love that. Where yeah. where can we, I'm going to do a quick plug, where can we find your books? Oh, thanks. Of course. Uh, Amazon, if you're too lazy to go to a bookstore. But, uh, you know, I my last book was published a couple years ago. So there may not be that many in bookstores now, but if you go to Amazon, just type in Ken Reed, R-E-I-D. So I've written two books on hockey cards, hockey card stories. And then the the I went on a dare and titled the second one, Hockey Card Stories 2. I'm just talking about guys on their cards and what they're thinking. Talk up guys about their old mustaches. Maybe they have a permanent, a perm in 1981. I'm like, how the hell did you have a perm? Yeah. Uh, or, or an airbrush job or a trade. And I wrote an autobiography with Dennis Marouk. I wrote a kind of an autobiography coffee table book with Eddie Shack. I wrote a book called One Night Only, uh, speaking to guys who played a single NHL game. So I wanted Ooh. to know what what did the dream come true or was it just a tease? And I followed that up with a book called One to Remember and spoke to guys who scored one goal only in the National Hockey League. So it was all those those stories kind of led me down a lot of places. And I got a book coming out this fall called uh, Ken Reed's Hometown Hockey Heroes. I grew up in a small town where the junior C guys were the heroes of the town. And uh, I talked to the guy who was the junior C hero in 1984, who's still the hero of the town. And then I talked to um, similar people across Canada who, who made big, big impacts in small town hockey. I, I, I love that there's so much range in, in mm-hmm. what we just talked about there. It's like... <laughs> There's, there's just, I feel like something for every, everyone, and also a lot of uniqueness to some of those, those concepts. Obviously, like I mean, scoring your first goal, not everybody gets a chance to do that. Yep. You know, playing your nope. first game, not everyone gets a chance to do that. Some people play the first game like 33, 34 years old, they get called up. You know, and exactly. Um, exactly. yeah, it's just uh, 
you see stories like that all the time. And uh, yeah, yeah. just interesting. It would be interesting to hear from, you know, from that perspective. Some of them are, will throw you for a loop. There was one guy in one night only and it, it was wild. He basically played a game for the Boston Bruins when he was 18. And then he was going to be drafted to go to Vietnam, not drafted to the NHL, but drafted to go to NAM. And he's like, what the hell do I do? He didn't want to go to NAM, And he ended up going to Acadia University from Massachusetts up to Acadia, Nova Scotia. That kind of saved his life from Vietnam. And there was a guy in the book who scored one goal in one to remember who scored a single goal. And then he's out during the playoffs with the black aces. He gets stabbed in the leg and almost bleeds to death. And, you know, just nuts. Like the thing about a, a, a stat on the back of a hockey card or a hockey card, it's kind of like your mustache. It's really just a conversation starter and it can go anywhere. And so that's what I get from cards. And that's what I get from stats. I'm not a numbers cruncher. Uh, as my wife will tell you, people don't remember numbers, they remember stories. So I want the numbers to lead me to a story and I want a hockey card to lead me to a story. So that's kind of how I kind of how I roll with that stuff. That's fantastic stuff. How, yeah, talk to me about working. Really stinks right now. What? You're what? You're lighting? My lighting's horrible. See, it's all flame dependent. Blame the sun. Blame the sun. Blame the I want to talk to you a little bit about working in sports, though. So, like, mm-hmm. what drew you to sports? Uh, you know, much like the question you you probably asked someone who scored the first goal or, or made the team for the first time, played one game. You know, is it is it what all you cracked up to be or all it's cracked up to be? Do you know what I mean? Like, is it? Uh, like, is it? Some nights it is. Watch this. I'm going to pull a flip here. Some nights it is and some nights it isn't. Um, yeah. It's awesome. Don't get me wrong. It's all I ever wanted to do was be a sport. Well, actually, that's not true. What I always wanted to do was be a major league player or an NHL player and like thousands of other sportscasters, I realized that when I was, you know, eight, nine, 10 years old, I wasn't going to play in the NHL. And then it's like, well, geez, what do I do now? And I remember my dad saying, well, the guys who go to the games, talk about the games, they get in for free. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's awesome. So then I sat my sights on being a sportscaster from the time I was like eight or nine. So it was something I always wanted to do, which in a way made it, kind of easy as a kid because I was a sports fanatic. Uh, why not keep the dream going? Look at this. This is multi-skilled here. I know. And uh, I, I always just wanted to be a sportscaster. So I never had that question that a lot of people coming out of high school have. Like, what do I do? What do, yeah, I, do? Exactly. What do I do? I knew yeah. I wanted to be a sportscaster. So that was easy. And uh, yeah, working at it, it's, it's awesome. It's fun. And you have to remember when you're in it. Like I've been doing sports media for over 25 years. Yeah. And you have to remember some nights that, a lot of people would really, really love to do this job because you are working weekends sometimes. Um, you're working holidays, like tomorrow's Monday, the long weekend. I'm working, whatever. I can yeah. handle it. But uh, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, if you if you do it right, it's a blast. And I do it right. And by doing it right, I mean, I'm just me. So I'm not trying to be a sportscaster. I'm just being me. If people dig it, they dig it. So, you know, um, if I was working today. I would have been watching the Blue Jays. It was my day off. I was at the Blue Jays, rushed home, tried to catch overtime at Vegas. They'd finished before then. Yeah. Just try to catch the end of the PGA that wrapped up as soon as we came on. So I'm doing what I love, which is awesome. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's not like I'm going to work and hurting my back. So it's, it's a lot of fun. That's fantastic. What, who would you say is like the, so, I mean, do you have the opportunity to interact with a lot of players with your role? Hmm. Well, I'm an anchor now, and I used to be a reporter. And when I was yeah. a reporter, yeah, interact with a lot of guys. 
as an anchor, not so much. Yeah. But um, I do a lot of events with NHL alumni. I'm kind of like the, uh, I do a lot of MC work. Yeah. So I work with a, a company called Jackson Events a lot of the time, MC Sports Dinners, playing charity hockey games. So I get to, it's kind of cool because when guys are players, there's that line, right? My God, it's their business. It's their, my business. For sure. Whatever. Mind your own business. Yeah. yeah you yeah. cover it and you leave it alone. When the guys yeah. are alumni, they just kind of let their hair down. They're like, oh, yeah, I remember that time. And so that's kind of fun to do that. Yeah. Have you ever had a dust up with uh, with a player, like as a reporter? No, no, never had anything too bad. Like I've, I've ticked guys off. I remember ticking a couple guys off, uh, but no, nothing. Most guys understand that you have to ask sometimes stupid questions. Yeah. It's funny in our business, stupid questions often produce the best answers. For sure. So as a reporter, um, my job is to get the best answer. Sometimes that's with the best questions. Sometimes it's with the stupid one. But I'm not trying to bait anyone or go to anyone. But yeah, yeah, I've had there's been awkward exchanges for sure. Yeah. But but I never got never got punched in the head or pushed over anything. Like That's that. good. That's good. It was no yeah. there, there wasn't yeah. a highlight reel of you. You know, you, you no. always every every now and then you see something just absolutely ridiculous and you're like, Oh, we're gonna do a top ten of ridiculous reporter moments. Yeah, or, you know. I uh, have not ended up in one of those yet. Still lots of time. Yeah. But uh yeah, but no, most guys understand you have a job to do. And if I understand the player has a job to do or coach and they understand that I have a job to do, then, you know, there's a respect factor there. It works best when there's respect. But having said that, some of the my favorite coaches to interview over the years in scrum situations are coaches that absolutely hate it because you just got to go, you know, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. Um. There's been some, I can think of two coaches right off the top of my head. It's like, God, they must hate doing media, but their hatred for it produces great content. So yeah, exactly. Whatever, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Who's the favorite, like, who's your favorite player that you've met? In terms of like, uh, just like the person like that you're like, man, that's, always... like a, that's like a, that's a cool guy right there. You know what I mean? Like I, I enjoyed like, Oh, like when I was a kid, I was like, uh, I worshiped Wayne Gretzky. Um, you know, I had the Dow's Gates, I had a Jofa helmet. I still have wear a Jofa helmet when I played. So the first time I'll tell you the first time I ever interviewed Wayne Gretzky, it was in a scrum situation. And it was in the summer of 2001. And they were holding a press conference in Calgary for uh, naming the or for tryouts for like the 2002 Olympic team. Yeah. So this would have been this. This is actually the spring of 2001, because I think they held a presser in uh in Calgary to promote the fact that they were going to have training camp in Calgary. So, you know, there's a presser at the Saddle Dome and we get the press release and uh, my sports director goes, why don't you do that? And going, wow, this is cool, man. Yeah. He's going to be there. You know, yeah. and then I'm kind of going, I got to put up my big boy pants on. So I'm 26 years old at the time. And this is everything to me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, my of course, God, this is, this is nuts. So I tell my brother and my brother goes, I'm sneaking in and I'm going to snap a picture of you. I'm like, you're not sneaking into a press conference. We want to do with hockey Canada. Like you're not doing that. Don't be, don't be like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So my whole motto is like, when you see a press conference, guys are at the table and they're answering questions from everybody. Mm -hmm. And then usually afterwards they come off and they'll talk to everybody again. It's called it a scrum. Yeah. So my whole thing when I was a reporter was, well, I don't want to make, take chances that I won't get my question in and just rely on the questions of others. I'm going to own the scrum. I used to say own the scrum. So I would just hog it. You know, I, I asked the first four. So I'm like, I'm going to own this Gretzky scrum. So I'm ask, answering the first four or five questions and he's looking at me. 
but the whole time I'm asking him questions, I'm not thinking of, I'm not, uh, the, all in my head, all I'm thinking is, oh my God, I hope my brother's here taking a picture of me. Oh my God. So, so, you know, I'm like, yeah, with Wayne, but so yeah, I can't yeah, yeah, exactly. So the pre press conference ends and go back, cut my story and meet my brother, probably for drinks at Cowboys afterwards. Nice. And uh, I'm like, oh, that was awesome. You know, I, I asked him the first four questions and, you know, away it went. And then a few months later, it's my birthday and I opened my present and it's an eight by 10 of me interviewing Wayne Gretzky. So. I still have it. It's in my little uh, man cave downstairs, which I would have done this podcast from to show you some stuff, but my kids are down there playing indoor baseball or wherever the heck they're doing. So yeah, um, I was a little awestruck that time. Um, I've gotten a chance to to actually do an event with Mr. Gretzky and it's, it's all, he's awesome. He's the best. Uh, so he would be the childhood hero, but you interact with a guy like Sidney Crosby, just first class the whole way. Uh, getting to interact with Jerome McGinley back when I was in Calgary and he played for the flames. Incredible. Um, other guys come to mind from Cal my Calgary days were guys like Craig Conroy, which is a stand-up guy. Denny Goche was a stand-up guy. Craig, he just got uh, a, and then, a GM job, know, didn't he? He just got the GM job. I heard he's in Calgary. the running. I heard Elliot say he's in the running for Calgary, which makes I, sense. I think he Craig just got was, it this morning. He, I think. Did he? He yeah. was just yeah. super stand-up guy when he was a yeah. player. He was always accountable. Uh, just one of those guys here, like, yeah, he's whatever he, I always thought he'd go into broadcasting when he was done. He was just a great communicator, but yeah, over the years you get to, you get to inter interact with basically people that you grew up, you had their hockey cards. Right. And then the next thing you know, I'm talking to them. So I have to separate, I have to separate me interviewing Wayne Gretzky from, you know, the, the kid that was, that killed to get that card back in the day. Right. Yeah. So you do that. And you keep it business, but it, I think it's important in my job just to keep a, there's a times where I have to be, the fan lives like there's yeah, going to yeah. be serious journalistic stories, right? Yeah. That's going to yeah, happen. Of course. But when I'm doing highlights and, and Alexander Barkov's doing this wild goal where he thinks he's going back between the legs and he doesn't, I'm, I'm not faking it, man. I'm no, pumped no. up. So I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, still yeah. a fan, Yeah, which is awesome. So yeah. Um, so many guys have stood out and one of the great things about well, about working in Canada is we get to do so much with NHL players. And for me, they're still the best of all yeah. the pro athletes. Are, yeah. They're just, they're just good dudes. So uh, alumni, I've done lots of work with uh, tons of guys I could name drop, you know, Ally Frady is just, just such a super guy. And Wendell and Dougie and Mayday and PJ Stock and, Dave McElwain, Tommy Fergus, all these guys, Pete Mahovlich. I'm, I'm lucky. I'm lucky. Ken, the name dropping is it's killing me. You know, I'm like, this is why I'm asking. I'm like, I want to know. I want to know. You know, because oh, I'm I like sure a lot think, of other people like, do too. I like to think if I ever hook you up and get Ally Frady on here, that he'll name drop me as well. But you asked me for names, so I'm naming names. No, no, that's exactly you know? what I wanted, man. So let's talk yeah. a little bit about, you know, obviously. You know, we we have all these interactions with players. You just talked about a, a, a by crazy... the way, the guys whose names I the guys whose names I didn't drop, they're going to get a hold of me and be mad at it. Probably, probably. Yeah, yeah, we just got a crazy list of players. Does does you interacting with these people on a regular basis? Does that influence like your own collecting? Like you talked about your man cave. Like I want to know. No, no, no way. No, it'd be weird to collect my friends. Ooh, <laughs> that's know, like, true. That's true. Like that's I. True. uh I got Gretzky well before I met Gretzky. Like, I'm not friends. Like, look, I've done <laughs> one event with Wayne Gretzky. still Wayne Gretzky. But, yeah, I do tons of events with Al, with Wendell, with Doug. 
Yeah. Like, yeah, I have their cards for sure yeah, yeah, because yeah. I had them before I met them. Yeah. But if I, I met Al and then I was like in pursuit of every ally trading <laughs> card I ever had, that might be a little weird. But at the expo, I laughed my ass off because I like going through the cheap bins. And yeah. I come yeah. across this card and I just burst out laughing and I make a video right away because I always say Al's the most American man since Hulk Hogan, right? He loves fireworks. He's American. Yeah. yeah. And the card is just Al and it's like USA on it. So I texted him that and I thought that was pretty funny. And whenever, whenever I'm at a dollar box and I see a Colby Armstrong auto, I always buy it and I text Colby a little video. There. That's awesome. All, all geeked up. That's He's awesome. like, you're such a nerd. I'm like, yeah, yeah I am. I'm a big time nerd. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your, your collecting history. Like, where does it start? Same as any other kid when you're four or five years old and you go get a pack. The first cards I remember getting are that color. You know, I didn't know they like, were like the 79 set. Yep. I oh, have been man. five years old. Um, yeah, it's not like I. I probably got them and chucked them somewhere, but yeah, I do. Yeah, of course. It's in my memory. Yeah. And uh, then as I got a little older, um, you know, you're still buying them. The first set, the first time I re remember buying them just in copious amounts was 83, 84. They were, I don't know, they just seemed to be everywhere in town that year. And uh, not a bad rookie class either, man. Oh, man. Scott Stevens in there. Dale Howard check second year. Uh, Dino's, Dino, Dino's in there. No, Dino's no? third year. Uh, Lammer Ludzik, oh, Ludzik yeah, Lammer. Yeah, yeah. They were swapped rookies. Pelly Lindbergh. Uh, great set. Loved it. Um, then just, you know, just collecting them. And I'd throw them in my Dao skate box because I wore Dao's because of Wayne. Then mom brought home a price, price guide in seventh grade. Uh, it was a price guide for baseball cards. I'm like, these things are worth money. Oh, my God. The hockey ones are worth two and money, too. And then I got serious into it. And by the time I'm in grade 10, I'm set up at shows in Halifax. I'm selling. But this was before hockey cards really took off, too, yeah. because there was no Beckett for hockey till Wayne yeah. was on one. And I remember selling Steve Eisman rookies for two bucks and being all proud of myself. You know, like, yeah, two bucks. Wicked. But uh, I only sold my doubles. So it's not like I didn't. That's have a all right. Of them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. So by the time the boom starts in 1990, I've got they're around here but i have my own business cards with me and my brother's name on them that's so cool we're set up at shows and my buddies are working at the grocery store or mcdonald's for whatever it was 450 an hour and i'm selling hockey and baseball cards and thinking i'm you know the king entrepreneur and, uh, man young entrepreneur yeah but then i'd spend all my money on more cards that's, but it was my money that's what the game but is that's the game but it was yeah. just selling doubles right that's when you could sell 1990 score singles and 1990 upper deck singles. I know. So those were the glory days. And then, you know, you go away to university and you have other interests. And I, you know, you don't want to talk about the your Wayne Gretzky rookie card at the bar when you're 20 years old. Yeah, exactly. At least not most nights. Uh, and uh, then uh, moved around the country a lot for broadcasting. Lived in Dartmouth, uh, Calgary, Ottawa, Edmonton, and then Toronto. So when I came to Toronto, I was like okay i'm gonna be here for a while so i'm gonna haul up all the stuff from dads and you know i'd always gone through it when i got home but when i got it here again just bang got the bug again that would have been oh nine ten and then i'm right back into it so i've been in, back into it for i don't know almost 12 13 years, years yeah yeah and and being here in toronto like i had never gone to the expo until i came here so going to the expo i was like this is this is awesome yeah. you know and then when our dollar was even with America, going down to the national, I was like, this is wicked. So now the dollar's out of control and stuff. I but I, I 
I still love going to the expo. Like I, and my wife's cool. Cause she's like, what's that big card show thing? And I'm like, I need all day. I'm going to be there all day. And she's exactly. Cool. So I love going there. Still love it. Still love it. Yeah. That's amazing. When, so are you more of a, like a ripping packs? Are you singles guy, your dollar box guy? Like when you're, when you're mm -hmm. searching for stuff, is it like, you're just mm -hmm. looking for nostalgia? Uh -huh. Yeah. I'm singles dollar box guy. People always ask me at the show, what am I looking for? I'm like, yeah. I'll know when I see it. Yeah, exactly. There, there's a couple cards I really want. Like I, a hardcore, not hardcore black, but I like to accumulate cards of guys from Nova Scotia. Maybe they're rookie Ooh. cards. Some of the older fellas, you know, cause I'm a Nova Scotia boy. Proud of yeah. that. Um, things like that. I love looking just through the dollar boxes and maybe seeing a card from 1962 I never saw before. Things like that. Uh, my kids like the new stuff, which is great. So I got a mix of all of it in my house. Yeah. They love the upper deck stuff. Um, I think the Tim Hortons upper deck partnership has a lot to do with how many kids we see collecting cards. So I think upper deck just kicked ass on that. The same with Tim Hortons, because if you can get cards in the hand of kid for 99 cents for a pack like today yeah. on the way to the ball game we stopped at tim's my kids can we get hockey cards can we get hockey cards yep you know two coffees two peach drinks whatever they have and two packs for 99 cents each so they opened them one guy at gretzky was all pumped up the other guy got denny pot band so i told him who denny pot band was so i think that's that's awesome so yeah there are modern cards in my house i collect anything up to around you know the late 80s but yeah. i like i like going back there a bit if i can um yeah, I kind of, kind of get everything. It's awesome. Too much of it, if my wife asks you, because I'm in the spare room and those three closets there, are stuffed with things. So um, everyone, everyone has too many of them in. Yeah, and when the pandemic started, um, the boom comes again. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm I'm witnessing this, and there's stuff that I had, you know, doubles, triples, whatever above triple is yeah. of. That I'm sure you're the same. Never ever thought you'd be able to move again. I, I thought know. I'll die with I'll die with 1990 whatever. And I'm like I'll I never set up an eBay store. But I'm like oh I might as well sell my doubles and I did it. This is awesome. So I kind of was doing that and you know I'll buy collections, I'll flip them, and usually when I buy a collection I'll I'll tell the person look here's the this is the bread and butter of the collection. I'm going to pay you a dollar for the whole collection. Of course. You know, round yeah. figure. Yeah. Um, this is what I will sell to get my dollar back and I'll keep the rest. So I'm pretty upfront. So, you know, I, I have fun with it and so far so good. Haven't, haven't, you know, lost my house yet because of it, but it's, it's fun. But I always tell people collect what you like. If you like 1990 pro set, have at her. If you don't, don't, yeah. Yeah, don't collect to impress others, collect to impress yourself. Right. Yeah. What would you say is your favorite card that's not the Wayne Gretzky, obviously? <laughs> I was just going to say. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's an easy one. Uh, favorite card? That's a great question. Yeah. Everyone always asks me, what's your favorite card? Everyone always says it's the Wayne Gretzky. Right? Yeah. The Wayne that's, Gretzky to... they have, is, it's got a story to it. So that, that would be my favorite card. Uh, next to the Wayne Gretzky rookie, what is my favorite card? I have a 1948 Leaf Honus Wagner that I really like. Sick. Uh, I got that years ago. Uh, Mom helped me hunt that down. Uh, I got a Bobby Orr rookie that I'm fond of. I got a Maurice Richard rookie that I'm fond of. Uh, I guess it would probably, but then 
But then I like there's cards that are worth 50 cents that I, I know. Love. I you know, know, like I love Mike Krushelniski's 88, 89 OPG where he's colored into LA. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. the date of the trades there. Yeah. I love Ken Linsman's 84, 85 OPG because it was a horrible airbrush job. Like Ken Linsman suddenly, you know, 6'4 with the hairiest <laughs> chest in the world. I'm like, what the hell? And then Mike Krushelniski <laughs> told me that's my body. And they put Linsman's head on my body. I'm like, that explains the chest hair. So, it doesn't have to have value to me to be my favorite card. Yeah, well, that's kind of why I awesome ask, question. right? Because a lot of times people are like, oh, what's your most yeah. expensive card? And I'm like, but I don't give a shit about yeah, that. Yeah, I like, hate that question. Like, yeah. you know, prices fluctuate so much, especially in the, this day and totally. age. And like, yeah, I, I, prices are relevant if we're talking about like true collecting here. You know what I mean? Right. When it's time to sell, when you decide it's time to sell, that's when the price matters. Of course. Like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's not like those don't have, but yeah, sometimes they have cool stories, but oftentimes it's yeah. like a, this is like a great opportunity here with this card or, you know what I mean? Right. And I, I learned that when I got older, right? Cause I used to open a pack of 80 pack cards in 1988. Oh, this is this. Is, oh, all the cards in the pack are worth $2 and 15 cents. And I just paid 50 cents for the pack. I made a buck. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's like, that's not how it works, but I thought it did. Yeah. But uh, that's a really good question. So I would say uh, other than the Gretzky, I would go, uh, I'd go the 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 Rashard rookie and the Or rookie, but there's so many, so many cards that I look at that I just go, what's the story on that man? What's the deal on this? And that's that's kind of why I did the books. And I love that back in the day, the photography wasn't the best. No, oh. um, the cardboard wasn't the best, but there was something about it that made it the best. The right? fifty-one like Parky set things. is is gorgeous. It's oh. like it's incredible. Oh. You know, like yeah. even like the tiny yeah. like text that bleeds into another you know yeah. what i mean it's just it's just yeah. perfect and, and and even the george like the vesna the george vesna is like yeah gorgeous i, I love the tall boy 64 yeah. 65 um 71 72 everybody's got a soft spot for that set yeah, of the course. floor rookie's awesome but yeah uh it's funny how different cards can have a different meaning to, to everyone and you know the billy ripkin f face 89 flare i mean what guy my age doesn't like that i mean there's a movie on netflix I don't know if you saw it. It's uh, it's got Neil Patrick Harris in it. It's kind of like for my generation. He's he's telling his kid, "Oh, the '80s were like this," and that card plays a role. And my really, kids are like, was there really? A, is there really a card with that word on it? I'm like, here it is, boys, and I take it off the shelf. That's they crazy. think it's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. yeah so yeah. did I. So did yeah. my brother. Yeah. And mom's like, you can't be showing them that card. I'm like, you <laughs> bought it for me when I was a year older than they were. You know. <laughs> so uh, I love that. Um, uh, these little pieces that we had are now nostalgia. It's considered vintage, and and hopefully the same holds true for for my kids. But I love that question. What's your favorite question aside from the Gretzky? So that made me think that that good. was good. That that's was what I'm. I'm so hopefully I'm here to, to provide more of you know. That's what we're here for. Yeah. With with good. Bedard coming in, you know, from a like a yeah. media perspective, like how has that felt? Like and and have you felt that for another pro prospect since you've been in the industry? Yeah, it's very McDavid-esque, yeah. I think, since, uh, yeah, it feels a lot like McDavid. I'm sure Upper Deck is just pumped, because when McDavid came out, they were just pumped, and I think it helped the card industry a lot. I think this will help the card industry a lot. Uh, he is definitely the most real deal we've seen since McDavid. Um, so since I've been in the business, the big, the big guys have been, it's been Crosby, McDavid, and now Bedard. Um, I remember hearing lots of 
Bodo Vatchkin, but he, it's not like he was the next Canadian hope, right? Like, no, and there was a year, there was the year off. So I like, kind of like dimmed. Yeah. Bit, yeah. Right? It was that lockout, it was the lockout year, which year. made it yeah. weird. But yeah. yeah, Bedard's the real deal. Uh, I'll name drop. My buddy Colby Armstrong just did a piece with him not long ago. And he's like, this kid's legit. So if a legend like the arm dog, Red Deer Rebels sniper, Atlanta Thrashers plugger, yes, and tells sir. me that he's the man. I believe, by the way, Colby would love that duster. He'd be all yeah. Maybe we'll have Colby on the show. Oh, yeah. He's a beauty. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. he always makes fun of me for collecting hockey cards. Yeah. Yeah. How okay. can you make fun of something like that? You know, it's, it's all, all well, it's beauty. It's, it, it's funny, too, because since the card boom, I, I don't know about you, but eh, not a lot of guys admitted they really collected cards yeah, like yeah. 10 years yeah. ago. But yeah. now it's fine. It's, yeah. Now, now it's some like people certain... do it a full time job, you know, and it's like they're like announcing, exactly. they're like, this is what I do. Yeah. 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 It's like people are happy to tell people they collect cards now. I think that's great because here's the other thing. Um, pe- there, there's not a lot of people who don't collect nothing. Yeah. Somebody yes. always collects something, whether yes. and they might not even know they're a collector. But maybe yes. you wear a bunch of funky t-shirts. Well, you're a t-shirt collector. Yeah. You know, there's yes. somebody always collects something. So it's nice to talk about cards. I mean, it's like, look at you. You got the, the weights back there, your cards. That's a healthy lifestyle. That's a good yeah, thing. That's like right. I told my, tell my wife all the time, look, I could be down at certain places on Friday nights. Instead, I'm just here, you know, looking at hockey cards. You know, it's true. worst things I could do. It's yeah. true. I actually showcased my jersey collection this morning. I was going through them. I was like, man, I have so many. And like, I never announced it as like a jersey collection, but it's just like, I just right. see a cool one and you acquire it, you know? And then, and I find that, you know, much like with cards, it's like that, even the player's name at the back, like, even if that player played, I don't know, two years of the team, like there's always like a story mm-hmm. behind it. Do you know what I mean? You're like, I remember when he got traded Absolutely. there and that's what prompted me to buy this jersey. And I remember this moment in time where, you know, he scored this goal or whatever the case may be. Well, we were leaving the Jays today, and I said to my kids, there's the best sweater of the day. They go, what's that name? Alt. Who's Alt? Doug Alt. So I told them about Doug Alt back with the Jays back in the day. But yeah, I, I'm I'm probably like you. I like the, the the weird hipster jersey. Like the, yeah, you know, I like Dave Keon with the Hartford Whalers. You know, that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. Yeah. I got, like a, I got a Jeff O'Neill on the Leafs, Williams. man. I got a Jeff See, O'Neill on the Leafs. Yeah, like, it's funny because at the time, I remember, like, my parents being like, okay, do you want, like, do you want, uh, uh, Domi, do you want Sundin? Do you know what I mean? Cabrillet, McCabe, like that. That that team was loaded. El, uh, ben, uh, yeah. Eddie, and I'm like, no, I want Jeff yeah. O'Neill. You know, like I, I was like, I want something <laughs> different. I want Jeff O'Neill. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got, you know what's funny? I never considered myself a jersey collector. I bet you I got 25 in that closet. That's what I mean, right? Like, and, and that's like I never right. considered it a collection until I was going through them. I'm like, man, I got no. like, I got a lot here. Like, there's like there's yeah, tons. Yeah. Are they signed or are they just numbered? No, well, some of them are signed, but I, I find that when you get the yeah, signed yeah. jerseys, you can't wear them. And then like people can't, this is just yeah. the same appreciation, right? Like I think that's what the biggest yeah. thing with sports cards and, and how the industry has changed dramatically over the course of the last few years. And probably why so many people are into it now and talk about it openly is because of social media, right? Like you just mentioned to oh, me yeah. how you have like three oh, yeah. closets full of, or yeah. like at least a closet or three rows, whatever, whatever you just mentioned yeah. in terms of like cards. I mean, you wouldn't be able to sh- showcase those. And like best case scenario, one of your good friends comes over and they're like, hey, you want to look at my hockey cards? But like now you right. can literally just like put it out there and see what the audience thinks. And maybe they like it. Maybe they don't. It doesn't even matter because you just get a chance to show it's it off. Point. And inevitably, yeah. you get like like minded people who kind of gravitate towards that stuff. Right. Yeah. And that's what the Internet is, too. It's like just 
like like-minded people it's a it's in a lot of ways it's an echo chamber hopefully you're saying the right stuff yeah yeah the echo chamber otherwise yeah. it'd go really bad but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean i find I, i'm opening packs on instagram because i'm like oh this is a pack of 1991 pro set I'm yeah i've seen them man. i love it i love it yeah make something out of it right yeah so, why not so let's are you like a graded card guy are you a, a raw card guy sometimes if that's weird i mean why is it weird um, i don't know I don't have a lot of graded stuff. Yeah. I kind of like them raw, but I will say that if I'm buying something with my intention to flip it and I see the potential of getting it graded, adding value. Of course. Yeah. I'm a graded guy then. Yeah. Like I think like everybody else would be. Yeah. But if it's just for me, that doesn't have to be graded. But if it's like a $10 slab and I really like the card and it looks nice, then I'll like, yeah, it's 10 bucks. But yeah, I, I don't have a ton of stuff in slabs, but yeah. I don't have anything against it. Put it that true way. collector. There you go, true collector. Yeah. But like most true collectors, million dollar man, right? Everybody's got a price. Like, I know. You know like, I know. Like everybody will sell. I think at one point. It's yeah. not my intention to, but if I'm buying a collection and I want to get my money back out of it, I'm gonna have to sell some stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. for sure. But if I have doubles of everything, I'm like, well. You know, I can unload that. It's no, no hard feelings. Exactly. When you're buying raw, yeah. though, and yeah. you know, especially the, some of the cards we've talked about are like vintage. Some, some of them are pricier yeah. cards. I mean, even that Gretzky, right? Like a lot of people mm-hmm. who listen, I'm sure, are a little worried about buying raw cards. So, mm-hmm. you know, what would you suggest for you know, as someone who's been in the industry for a while and maybe and right. buying rare vintage or just you know, vintage right. in general? Like, what what are some things that you would suggest or um in order to kind of like well especially if you're not buying graded cards i think that's the biggest thing for graded yeah. is that like i mean obviously we've seen the stuff with evan mathis so like i don't know if that's right. true anymore but at the See, very for least, me for me when i buy them graded or ungraded i'm kind of looking at the card anyway i've yeah. heard a lot of people over the last few weeks days say look at the card don't look at the holder and i think that's yeah. very true yeah uh know who you're buying from if possible um you know have a relationship with them. Um, do your homework. Look at the card. Don't just buy it without looking at it. Give yeah. it a good peek. Give it a good look over. If it looks too good to be true, it probably is. But the thing with the math, this trimming thing is for an old timer like myself, I'm like, yeah, people trim cards. I've known that since 1986. Um, I think it was an eye opener to a lot of newer people in the hobby, which is a good thing. Yeah. It's a good thing that they know that this happens. Um, the fact that it was a, how-to video was a bit shocking i never expected that um i thought it was you know i'm, I'm against trimming as you can possibly be yeah uh put it that way but um, so you're not yeah, of the faction you're... you're not of the faction of like when you're buying a, a new car you put like if you put new wheels or if you're buying a car you put new wheels on it like is it is it altered that's like one uh, yeah, of the things that people way. are saying right now do you know they're like i'm like i'm like you're killing I, me right now why are you i think why? the same people that are cool with trimming cards are the same people that are cool with paying 120 bucks to go to a concert to watch somebody lip sync okay i want to hear that i want to hear you play the music i want the real deal the card's dinged up it's dinged up i think this is a great eye opener for a lot of people um so my advice is trust yourself do your own work, read up on it. Um, I remember getting a card in maybe 1987. It was a Kevin McReynolds rookie, 1984 flair. And me and my buddies were like, oh my God, that's trim. Like, yeah. we know, 
Really? It was trimmed. Oh, yeah. yeah. I still have it in my closet somewhere. I'd never sell it. Yeah. And me and my buddy still call that dealer who we bought it from the trimmer. Like, it was just obvious. It was just obviously trimmed. But you're, you know, you're 12. So that was yeah. probably my lesson. But, yeah, you, you got to just, just read up on it. And just because something is in a slab doesn't mean it's absolutely perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. So I think that was a good eye-opener for people. But the fact that people... Like the techniques Mathis was using in the video, I'm like, oh my god, like that's a lot of effort. Well, but I mean, it's a I'm full like, time well, job, and it probably has been for a little bit, though, right? Like, right. But then I'm like, well, the effort's there because the effort's worth it in the end yeah. if you can get this in whatever you're doing it with. And yeah, I found the interviews with them. I think it was Sports Card Nonsense. I listened to the interview with them. That was interesting. Put it that way. Uh, it's nothing I would endorse. I think it's extremely unethical, immoral, but. Uh, I'm, I'm interested if some people are cool with it and I don't know if some people are, no, I'm not. Yeah. But, uh, I, yeah, I, I buy tons of vintage ungraded, but most of the stuff I buy, uh, I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, it's not trimmed because who'd trim the corner extra fluffy and yeah, you know, exactly. It's gonna, exactly. It's going to round an edge anyway. Yeah, 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 so exactly. If like, I'm buying a card that if I'm buying doing a card it so that to not make it suspect. Yes. If I'm buying a card that I'm like, okay, that could possibly be a three. Yeah, you know, exactly. I'm not I'm not that I'm not that worried about it. Yeah, know? yeah. You throw uh you throw another one in front of me and I'm like, oh okay, but you know, I'm I'm not dealing in the high end dealer thing. And the, yeah. the other thing I find too is the prices of the 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 the, the crazy high end prices for things that we saw during the pandemic, they are going down. Yes, but I don't think it's a reflection of a hobby. When I'm sure that you were the same as me at the expo, I was like, "This is insane." The amount of people there was insane, Crazy. and and they were spending. But I think the people that that came in during the pandemic, and if they left, they were in to just get as much as they could, and and so obviously prices are going to go up with more people have supply and demand. Yeah, but we're a lot healthier, I think, than we were say 2017, 2018. Like I know I can't afford to go to the national this year, but I was going in 2017, no problem. Yeah. But uh, I, I, it was so interesting to see just what's happened in the last few years and the fact that cards are back. But I think we're settling into to a good spot now. But, like, I mean, if there's one thing I learned from the Expo. I'm like, well, it's still pretty busy, man. Yeah, I think they had a record attendance, if I'm not mistaken. They did, I heard. Yeah. 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 And, and I mean, just, all you have to do is walk the floor to see, like, and there was a lot oh. of people there from the States. Like, and there was like, a ton of people from the States. Yeah. 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 Can I just say, if, go for like, it. USA, I love you. But if you're coming up here, don't don't be this. Don't be like awestruck by the fact that we have a different currency. Okay, <laughs> like this is this is what we do. We have Canadian currency. If you're coming up here. Go to the bank, exchange your currency, and just blend in. You know, it's like it's and like they get a better is, deal though. Like, do you know what I mean? So like, I don't they know get a better deal, blame. but yeah, you get yeah. a better deal when you change your money at the bank anyway. But it's yeah. just like. Like when they show up with all American money, like it's like it's we've Almost seen it before. This. Most yeah, of us have been down to the USA, you know. Yeah. It's, it's okay. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think it was great that so many Americans were coming up. If I was an American coming up here, it'd be awesome. I mean, you're saving thirty-five percent before you even start. It's a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a little but bit about the kind of... e sorry, keep going. Sorry. I was gonna say let's talk a little bit about the eBay authentication program, man. So let's oh, yeah. uh, you know, one of the things that we were just talking about is, you know, 
fraud and and ways to spot fakes and and trimmed cards and stuff of that nature. Uh, You know, you and I have talked briefly before the show about eBay's authentication program. And I think that people have a lot of questions as to, uh, you know, just what it entails. I know that some some things are classified under that authentication program. Some aren't. Um, and I know that you work f- pretty closely with this program and uh, I, yeah. I'd love for you to be able to kind of clarify some of those things for us. So first things first, it's in Canada now and it's for raw Amazing. cards, 250, it's for raw cards, 250 bucks and up. So it's not for graded cards. It's for raw cards, $250 and up. So say coach Co, if you buy a card from me, all right, I even have this. So, so you a, buy a Gretzky rookie. A card Gretzky on, rookie. Yeah. You buy the Gretzky rookie yeah. for me and it's raw. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So instead of me just sending it to you, it's me. It's going to go to eBay. They have CSG grading cards. Do I? And then so they're going to look at Can I stop you it. for two seconds? Not part of me, not grading. Sorry. Can I stop you for two seconds? Yeah, stop. Do yeah. I send it? So if I send it to eBay, am I shipping it to the United States? No. It's okay. within Canada. Excellent. So instead of me shipping it to you, okay. I'm going to ship it to eBay. Okay. They're going to look at it. And they're going to go, okay, is this authentic? And if I listed it in near mint, is it near mint? Okay. Okay. So if they look at it and they're like, yeah, it's it's authentic, but it's in fair to good. Like, what the yeah. hell's the deal with this? Yeah, yeah. Then it'll come back to the, the seller. They look at it. They deem it authentic. They're going to put it in this little handy thingamajig for you. Your collection is now upgraded. There's my Terry Sawchuck I got. They checked it out, stands up in the nice little case. It's mailed to you. And if we could work technology on this computer, you would not have that in your hands. Yes. Yeah. Catch it over. Yeah. So it comes uh, here. It comes with a little hologram on the back. And that's a QR code. It says, yep. It's a QR code. Exactly. I like how I say hologram. That's okay. That's what I'm here for, man. QR code, eBay, authenticity guaranteed, void if damaged. So I got that one. I got a Mark Messier rookie. So basically it is in this world of trust, which the hobby is built on. Yes. Obviously. Um, it's just kind of taking away that worry of, oh my God, am I, am I this real what I'm buying? Well, because if you pay me $250 for this Mark Messier, it'll be shipped off. We'll take a look at it. It'll be shipped to you with a hologram, with this case, and with just a little note of your authentic without a doubt the search is over for now we're thrilled to deliver the latest addition to your collection so card has been meticulously inspected by a team of experts so you can display it with total confidence so again it's just uh it's just taking that worry away because yeah, you haven't seen the card you can't touch I mean. that card yeah exactly so now you'll know yeah, yeah. and, and because... like sometimes you see an ebay photo and it's i don't know it's like it's mad at best I, I find that yeah some of i mean like my dad the... took it the best deals you get are on those ones, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, like some of the like, yeah, if, yeah. if it comes under market value, you're like, oh, am I gonna yeah. take a chance on this? You know, it's yeah, a little fuzzy. So, yeah. So when I was shopping, right? Like, yeah. You're like, what do you like? I'm like, I always love. I always love this set. Like, yeah. That was maybe gorgeous. like the first action cards. Was it fifty four fifty five? I think so. I think it's fifty four. Yeah, fifty four fifty five. I got a return from that set. Gordy's great. Gordy's great in that set too. Yeah. But I was like the saw chuck. So. Yeah, they take a look at it, rock and roll, good to go. They ship it off to me. So it's just my way of going, okay, condition as described, yes. Authentic, yes. Okay, done. 
you know when yeah, did so that yeah, when did they start a, in canada it just started like a week ago really i want to say last monday even uh okay. may 10th i want to say officially right. i don't know what i think it's the 21st now. 21st so i'm close Good date. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it just started last week, which is uh which is pretty cool. So I know it's uh it's a good thing for sellers too, because as a seller, you can kind of ensure to your your buyer that they're getting the real thing. Because I think a lot of sellers are probably like you and I. They're not trimming cards, they're not yeah. take, trying to take guys for a ride. Yeah. They're trying to do the right thing. So this is a way for a seller to go, look, my stuff's legit. It's good to go. So I think it's just a way to bring more trust to the hobby and uh remove doubt right because yeah when you have doubt in your collection you're going eh, that's not a good feeling so it no, removes doubt, which is a which is a good thing so i, I mean, especially I like when that. we start talking about the yeah. prices of some of these items you know what i mean like yeah and yeah. i know i know i would just mentioned like you know authenticity when it comes to vintage stuff but i mean mm-hmm. as we've started to see some of the prices of like newer things are i mean they are kind of crazy man like yeah, they are kind of crazy. So when I when I look at cards and I see the new stuff, man, I'm like, oh my god! Like as, as a guy that's mainly into older stuff, I'm like, holy smokes! Like you know, I'd pick up a Zegers rookie for my kid. He like, I'm like, don't buy Zegers. He's like, Zegers ain't your guy, but he likes Zegers, right? So <laughs> he saved up his allowance. I'm like, I'll help you get a Zegers. Yeah, yeah. Spend it on this guy instead. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And the whole one on one thing we're into now, and just holy wait, smokes, man. man! Just wait. But there's gonna be there's gonna be oh. ten parallels for Bedard. Ten. I talked to Billy Sue from Upper Deck last or like a few weeks ago. Yeah, and yeah. I made him count them because I was like, I need to know how many parallels. And he's like counting them out loud. He's like, there's ten parallels that I I, I can remember off yeah. the top of my head. So it's gonna be a one of one, two fifty, and out of one hundred, and out of ten. So like we're really getting into like some serial numbered stuff now. Wow. Well. So when you buy Bedard on eBay this fall, I'm assuming he's going to be yeah. over 250 bucks. Yeah. If it's raw, they'll check it out and then Bedard will be shipped to you. But what it was the the slogan that I I remember like I used to know Carlin really well and some of the guys at Upper Deck collect Alexi I think or collect McDavid. I had that shirt like you know that's that, it's good for Upper Deck. It's so yeah. good for the hobby to yeah. have somebody that we can we can get behind and believe in, right? Like because the it's funny because, oh, geez, this, I'm just thinking about this now. Maybe it's the effect of you, coach. Maybe, the hobby's hopefully. built on faith and trust, yeah. right? Because I have to trust that when I buy this card from you, you know, it's the real deal. Now yeah. we got eBay helping us with the authenticity guarantee. And I have to trust that when I invest my money in a guy like Bedard, I have to trust that he's going to deliver, yeah. right? So you're putting yourself out there. So if you can put yourself out there with a little meat behind it, and take a little worry off your plate. That's a good thing. Like if you could do the same thing for prospects, you'd be yeah. a time machine, right? But then that's, well, but that's how the prices. That's that's why the prices are reflective of that, though, right? Like the guys who exactly. are like pretty close. You're like, okay, this is pretty much a yep. short in. It's like it, it just gets added yeah. up and added up and added up, right? Like even McDavid. And it's I mean, fun. I mean, yeah, he's an unbelievable player, unbelievable. But like, if he never wins the Stanley Cup, and I don't know if I don't think it's possible, but if he never wins the Stanley yeah. Cup, like. Truly, how does this card ever surpass like Mario Lemieux? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a, like realistic amazing question, right? It is, as Kevin Bieksa said on the air the other night, name drop. Nice. It's a hard league to win in, and it's harder now because there's how many teams? Thirty-two teams. Thirty-two. So when Wayne was winning his four, there were twenty-one. That's still a lot of teams, but there was parity now, 
parody is the great killer. Like you can be an awesome, awesome, awesome player now and never win a cup. Salary cap era is of, is oh, like different beast. Like it is. It's a, like, and you know what? For an old school guy who yells at a lot of clouds like myself, I should yeah. probably consider that because do you have to win a cup now to be one of the true greats? Well, you did before when it was a twenty-one team league. Yeah, you had to. Now, in with parity and the cap, man, like that's a that's a tough question to answer. So, I think you still yeah, do. That's... You know, like I mean, obviously, I'm not playing, so like I can't. Oh, I'm, I'm on old the sidelines being like, rah, rah, rah. you know, like I'm like, yeah, but yeah, I think I'm, you, I'm I, old school. I think you need to, I'm right? Like I think you have to. Yeah, and yeah, but uh, I think uh, uh, I think the Oilers are a lot closer than the Leafs too. So I'll put that out there just to rile everybody up. Do you? Do you really? Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, the Leafs have a oh, lot of issues this offseason that oh. they need to settle, man. I mean, the fact that they don't have yeah, a GM, think... like, and they found out this, like, I mean, a month and a half before they have to start signing people is alarming. Well, I think when you look at the Oilers, their guys delivered in the playoffs. They're big guys. Now, what cost them again was depth. I mean, McDavid went, went to sleep a little bit in the second round. Oh, but he's oh. got guys all over. I know, I, think, I know, I know. I think, I think with the Leafs, there's still issues, but. I don't know. How would you fix the how would you face. fix that team? Oh, I would uh well I I did like the fact that they went out and got uh O'Reilly Nachari and Shen. I like that. I I would probably try to trade Nylander for some sort of defenseman, like a top notch defenseman, because as much as I like Nylander, he's the his contract's probably the most tradable, and yeah. you're selling high because yeah. he was he was good in the playoffs, man. Right. I'll give him credit. Before, I mean, he's been he good the in the best. playoffs, right? Like he's I, yeah, he he's, was he, when he scores in the playoffs. Goal he scored to, that goal he scored to tie it up. That was a yeah. big goal. Yeah. Um, try to get somebody to take that Tavares contract, and then the most important thing I'd do is I'd show up to their office and I'd take a sledgehammer to all the calculators to make all the analytics statistics because analytics are garbage. So I believe in old school hockey. I like, the I like the old uh, the eye, eye test. test. The eye yeah, test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The I don't test. need a chart to tell me your mustache is awesome. Yeah. I can see it. So um, that's what I would do. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, uh, man, it's. I wonder what the analytics close, are on O'Reilly and, and, and Achari. You know, those are two guys where I was What's like, brought them in. I said, I wonder what the analytics oh. are on like O'Reilly and Achari. I was like, bro, bring those guys in. I was like, those are. Those yeah, guys will take a yeah. shot anywhere, man. I was like, Those are where's the analytics for the amount of shots exactly. that each one takes off the knee? Like, square well, off. Well, I the, love for the you know? analytics. The analytics shows that most goals are scored in this blue area in front of the net. Yeah, it's called the slot. We've known about it since about 1905, okay? <laughs> you're not telling me anything I don't know. The analytics show, Ken, that you're out of shape. I can see that every day when I'm naked and I look in the mirror. I don't need a pie graph for that, okay? Built like a bag of milk. I get so, it. Are you a Justin Hall guy? Huh? Uh, I don't think he's the devil, like a lot of Leafs yeah, fans yeah. do. I don't think he's yeah, the devil I, either. I'm, I don't think he's the devil either. Yeah, yeah, I felt bad for the guy. I know. I but know. again, with the it Leafs, does suck that like we 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 chose to to not to save or we saved him instead of like a guy like Jared McCann who scores forty goals like back to like you know. Like, Here's the problem. Go for it. It's not Justin Hall's fault. Yes, that he is slotted in the two or three spot. I agree with he you. He should be five or six. If he I plays agree. five or six minutes, he's great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's well, it's like Shen when I mean Shen was in Toronto. Obviously, it was like a long time ago. But I mean, we had him as a number one D, right? And like he only really came into his own as like a three, four, a five, Luke. six. You know, yeah. like yeah. Let him bang away. Let him hit some guys. Yeah. 
chime in with the on goal. He's, he's not Bobby Orr. He's an awesome hockey player. Let him be who he is. Audio slave. To be yourself is all that you can do. I Once management in any job, any line of work, starts putting people in positions to succeed, they will succeed and the overall organization will, will succeed. Yeah. Uh, there's a reason I'm not the anchor of entertainment tonight because I know nothing about Hollywood and celebrities. If you put me there, I'd look like an idiot. I'd rather look like less of an idiot doing sports, right? Put me somewhere where it can work. Same goes with slot and hockey players. And I think anyway. what does your Met Gala commentary, commentary look like? What's that? What does your Met Gala commentary look like? Oh, you know? Met Gala? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They dress up in I cardboard guess so. dresses. I, I, just threw it, I just threw it out there. <laughs> All you have to do is, uh, I learned that it's who are you wearing, not what are you, who are you nice, wearing, nice. not what are you wearing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't even know yeah, that, yeah. so That's, you're good. I love when you said Matt Gala. You had to ask twice for me to understand. Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't. I, I thought I screwed up the name, so that's why I was like, man, let's see. Like, you know, like, <laughs> we, we did Lakers highlights last night, and we started with celebrities, and they showed Denzel Washington and Jack Nichol, Nicholas, Nicholson. Nice. So I did my celebrity voice, and I was hoping there'd be more people I didn't know, like the younger ones, but yeah, I yeah. knew those two, so I was yeah. happy with myself. Yeah, your goals are like accomplished something exactly. You're like, okay, yeah, we, Jack we... Nicholas. You're like, I'm not going to be on some yeah. sort of blooper highlight. We're good. Uh, not no major mistakes yet. It's fantastic. Give it time, Ken. Give it time. Where can people contact you if they need your hockey expertise? Perhaps I, I, I... sure they want to buy well, your book. We already you said can... Amazon, but maybe oh, they just yeah. want to talk hockey with you. Buy, buy, they want to sell you a okay. collection. Well, let's get my Instagram following up to an even 500. Let's okay. Instagram is handle is, let me check it out. Going to make sure I get it right. There you go. Because if I don't, okay. Twitter is SN Ken Reed. Reed is the R-E-I-D. All right. SN Ken Reed. Instagram is, oh man, I suck at this. Ken Reed Sportsnet. Ken Reed Sportsnet. One word. And that's all I have. I don't have TikTok. That's okay. Uh, I heard, heard the kids are into that. Got Instagram, SN Ken Reed. Got, uh, no. Twitter. Got Twitter, SN Ken Reed. Got Instagram, Ken Reed Sportsnet. Uh, check me out on Sportsnet Central. Primetime edition, weeknights at 10 Eastern or after the Jays or whatever hockey game. Once the game's over. And you know what's funny, Coach, is uh, if the Jays win, my Twitter account mentions the, the Atmies are very quiet. Yeah. If the Jays lose and I come on, it's like, you suck. You're the worst anchor ever. You're a total loser. So take social media for what it is. I love it. will often be angry at you. Yeah. I love that. So if you if you get a bunch of tweets after this episode that you suck, it's because we did a bad job. It wouldn't if be anything bunch, I'm not used to, so don't worry, man. Right. If you get no tweets, we did awesome. I love it. So yeah. Team, and I uh, hope you enjoy it. Go for it eBay authenticity guarantee. That's a good thing when working with them. So way to go, eBay. Here we go. Fox deep. Fantastic. Mm. Team, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Cardboard Coaches. As always, Coach Go and Ken Reed are out of here. <laughs>